Whew. I've been away for a minute, so we have a lot to catch up on, y'all. Let's get right into it. I'm Holly Coley Murchison, and you're listening to From Holly with Love. Today is Monday, December 20th, 2021, and this is the final edition of From Holly with Love for the year. Today, we're going to talk about burnout, my latest run-in with it, my road to recovery, the clarity that stillness is bringing me, and how I'm shifting my habits to operationalize my life. But before we dive into that, I want to give you a heads up of what's in store in the written digest of this week's edition. And gifts for your growth, a couple juicy nuggets. I am hosting my very final event of 2021, Praxis, a digital convening for honing your craft and expanding your practice through a combination of lightning talks and interviews, hot seat coaching, intimate breakout rooms, and moderated Q&A. That is happening this Wednesday, December 22nd from 12 p.m. Eastern Time to 2 p.m. Eastern Time. So you'll see all the details about it in the written digest. And a couple more juicy links around burnout to expand on this conversation so that if you're up against it or wanting to learn how to navigate it more, there's some resources to help you do that. And then in Fuel for the Week Ahead, got a fresh Seven Bops playlist for y'all. And I have so many songs in reserve for 2022 playlists that I'm excited to share with y'all. And then two other links. One, a really dope interview I was reading. There's a series around people who are quitting their jobs and why they're quitting. And in this particular interview, it's with a fantastic photographer and just all around creator named Ashley Johnson. And she shares her story around why she quit her desk job after nine years And then there's a gorgeous film that I got to see when I was in New York the other week from Moses Sumney. He recently released his latest album, Black Alacia, and I went to a private screening of the performance film of the album, and it was gorgeous. So I shared that with y'all too. So that's what you can expect in this week's written edition for the final From Holly With Love newsletter of the year. And now let's get into this burnout talk, okay? So the last edition that I shared with y'all was October 18th. I was just coming out of a space of saying I deferred my master's studies for grad school. And I was like, I was doing too much. I was moving too fast. I had way too much on my plate. I needed to slow down and just rethink how I could establish a healthier, more sustainable life pace for myself. The events that happened after that were not quite in alignment with that goal. So I I didn't breathe deep or slow down much at all. I actually did the opposite. I accelerated, like pedaled to the flow. A week after I deferred, I went to Amsterdam to visit my colleagues at WeTransfer and regroup on a big endeavor that we've been conjuring. I was like, let me see my team. Linking up in person is so much more efficient than these Google meetups that we're having. I need the tactility of team in person and touch and feel in real life. So I went to Amsterdam for a week. And what transpired for that week is I did the absolute most. Across four days, I had 20-ish meetings, coaching calls, lunch catch-ups, ideation and strategy sessions. And I'm talking about these are sessions that I was leading, three and four-hour sessions with whiteboarding. It was heavy duty. And then I also did my first solo presentation at the company All Hands. That plus jet lag and minimal hydration, because for some reason I was like, I don't need water. And then I was out in these streets late at night, just romancing the streets, walking through the city, enjoying the canals, just being in it. And that was the perfect recipe for burnout. And burnout I did. I was a wreck, y'all. I mean, I was making it through the days, but barely. 
And when it was time for me to come home, I honestly, and my mom uses this phrase all the time, I didn't know my ass from my elbow. I was at the airport. I missed my flight. And I just remember feeling like a zombie in the airport. I was exhausted. Um, I couldn't think clearly. I was just distressed. I was on struggle mode. And on the flight home, I remember thinking to myself, yo, I got, something has to change. Something has to shift because at the end of a week-long trip, when I have to go back home to my family, my dogs, my wife, our homestead, and, and take care that way, I was like, I have to be taking care of myself in order to do that. And I was so depleted on that plane. Like mentally, I couldn't focus. My capacity to create and make art was stunted. I could barely, like, I was barely existing. I felt like I was hanging by a thread. And in the From Holly with Love survey that I shared with you all in the, in the few previous editions, a lot of you asked that I share more about my growing pains and the ins and outs of my creative practice. And I figured what better opportunity for transparency than to tell y'all about this burnout experience. So I get back from Amsterdam. I feel like my life is in shambles. I'm getting out of bed was hard. I was highly anxious all the time, just like in a constant state of frenzy. And I still had to go to work. I still, let me rewind. I still chose to go to work. I still had to be up to take care of my dogs, to take care of the house, to be present with my wife, to be present for myself. And um, it was a deeply debilitating experience because my mental health was suffering. I just could not function. I was in meetings, just eyes glazed over. I was in conversations with my wife, just drifting. I felt like I was drifting away. And, you know, there's a Michael Beckwith meditation that I listen to every morning. And it's essentially about questions to ask the universe around your purpose. And I think oftentimes when we're wanting to make shifts in our lives, it's like, am I able? Do I have it in me? Do I have the resources and the tools to take care of myself, to be better, to grow, to shift the way I'm interacting with work? And what the Michael Beckwith meditation held up for me is the question that he poses is never about, do you have the resources and are you able? But the question he holds up is, are you willing and thinking about that, I had to come and ask myself, are you willing to change? Are you willing to do something different this time around? And there were two really big psychological and physiological shifts that happened that really flipped that switch on for me. Like, oh, yes, I'm absolutely willing. The first was this. Coley and I have never been on a vacation in the five years that we've been together, the eight years that we've been friends, we've never been on a proper vacation. We've tacked on travel to work trips that I've had. We've explored the world, but it's never been like, this is a trip that is solely for us to unplug and be on vacation. So right before Thanksgiving, we took a trip with our chosen family to Joshua Tree. It was fantastic. And for the first time, I did no work on the trip. We were there for four days. I just laid in the sun. I just was still, I just took it all in and my body really liked it. I paid attention to how it felt in my body. That was the care and the nourishment that my body and my heart and my mind and my spirit needed to be like, oh yeah, this burnout thing is not for us. <laughs> when we are back at 100%, the plan is not to rev up so we can go at it again. The plan is to rev up and regenerate so that we don't have to have that experience ever again, so that we can be proactive about what that looks like. 
So Joshua Tree was a rejuvenating piece that I needed to restore my will, so to speak. And then a second thing happened when we got back from our trip. The Tuesday before Thanksgiving, I was having a conversation with one of my peers. And we were talking about my work and what I'm up to at WeTransfer and through my dissertation and Oratory Glory and Holy Brands and all of the you know businesses that Coley and I are, are growing together. And he said to me on the call, you know, I really love how much your work gives your life meaning. And I just paused and I said to him, you know, that's one way to look at it. But what if our lives are what give our work meaning, not the other way around? This idea that living out our values in the world and how those values take shape and form across relationships, across projects, across endeavors, right? That's what adds color to everything else. And when I said that, I was like, oh, right, this burnout is a result of me behaving as if the work is what's giving my life meaning. I'm just pouring into the work so that it pours back into me. And it's like, no, (laughs) it's the other way around. And it brought me back to my definition of work. And we talked about this a few weeks ago when I invited you all to support me in my dissertation research. And the definition for me of work is a lifelong body of productive contribution and devotion to the liberation and transcendence of myself, my family, my community, and society at large. What that contribution looks like shifts over time, and the actions or inaction within those contributions can be grand gestures or small, simple deeds. And I had to sit with myself again, right, in this, in this pivot to behaving as if, you know, my life is what gives my work meaning. I had to sit and, and really say, if this definition is going to be true for me, how I've been operating over the past couple months is just fundamentally not going to work. And in fact, it actually might kill me. It might shave some years off my life. And I thought about my body and how I was just running it into the ground and, and often, at least in my experience with anxiety, leaving my body. A big part of what I realized over these past two months being away from this newsletter is that anxiety for me shows up as me uh, retreating to my head and attempting to exit my body so that I can find refuge elsewhere. But the body is such a beautiful vessel, you know? And what if, just what if I decided to treat my body like a prism, P-R-I-S-M, and not a prison, P-R-I-S-O-N, for clarity. Y'all know I love to look up dictionary definitions. So I was like, let's go see what the definition of these words are. And prism, noun, is a transparent, solid body often having triangular bases used for dispersing light into a spectrum or for reflecting rays of light. I'm like, oh, okay, my body can be a tool for reflecting rays of light. Oh, okay, huh, that could be interesting. Now let's look at prison. And I know I hardly need to read this definition, but simply stated, noun, a state of confinement or captivity. Okay, okay, body as a prism or body as a prison. And we're going to have a longer conversation about this in a separate episode and a longer form post. But I thought about that moment. Am I willing to treat my body as a prism, not a prison? Am I willing to shift the way I'm engaging with work so that I don't burn out, so that burnout isn't even an option on the table? Am I willing to see myself again as a person whose life gives meaning to all of the other things that I'm participating in? Yes, I can. (laughs) And in order to do that, I need to operationalize my life. So 
what's been happening over the past two months is I've been going through, you know, these many revelations and giving myself the time to not be making or to not be creating something for someone. And the clarity that is brought from just unplugging for a bit and just being still with what is and what comes up has been so fucking profound. (laughs) I mean, so profound, y'all. Like, I've gotten so many downloads around, oh, here is the work that I'm intended to do when I think about, you know, the productive contribution and devotion, right? I'm like, oh, I want to make films and I want to tend to the homestead with my wife. I'm like, oh, I want to do home renovations that look like this. I'm like, I want to create art that makes people feel like this. I want to just chill like this. And in those pockets of clarity that came up, it helped me to see how I need to structure my days moving forward. So the the operationalization, how do we say that word? The operationalization, is that a word? Let's Google it, hold on y'all. Operationalization, this is me looking it up. Operationalization, the more I say it, the more it feels absolutely unreal, but we might use it for this episode. Okay, it's a word, operationalization. All right. It made it possible. So I synced up with Mallory. Shout out to Mallory. Mallory is a friend and a teammate at Holy Brands. She takes the helm as operations coordinator. And I looked to Mallory. I said, yo, I got to get it together. Can you help me operationalize my life? And we talked about what my new day-to-day schedule and structure could look like so that I'm prioritizing um, to give myself both freedom and structure that doesn't leave things too rigid. And I feel really, really good about the new schedule that we work through. Essentially, I'm going to share it with y'all. It works like this. From those pockets of clarity that came from the time away, the stillness, I was like, how do I really want to be devoting time? And there were like eight different buckets, yeah? There's like, first and foremost, my spiritual care, my self-routine. So the mornings are for me and and my pups. In the mornings... I care for my dogs. They, you know, get their breakfast and their morning walk. And then I'm taking care of myself. So that's breakfast in the shower. That's meditation and sun salutations. That's a CBD break if I need one. That's just time to gather myself and my thoughts to move slowly into the day and to read and write. The second chunk I I realized was like, oh, I need more time for writing. I am heavily invested in writing and creating stories around self-actualization. And I'm like, oh, I haven't been giving myself time to do that. Even with a newsletter, I'm like, the newsletter is a commitment of eight to 10 hours a week. How am I carving out those hours? What does that time look like? But I was like, you know, I want to be doing more than writing on the newsletter. So there's the writing that I do for the newsletter. There's the writing that I do for stories for Instagram. There's the writing that I do for the Oratory Glory uh, Creative Studio website that's launching in 2022. There's the writing that I do for my dissertation. There's the writing that I do for catharsis. I'm like, oh, there's like six different pockets of writing that I want to be doing. And none of that is on my calendar. So I'm like carving out time for writing. Then there's carving out time for email check, one hour a day. Now, if y'all are anything like me, you know, it's nothing to hit refresh on an email. Is there something new? How about now? How about now? How about now? And now I'm just like one email block hour a day. That's it. And in my email block, because I'm very Virgo, I put in the description, which emails am I responding to? What is this hour going toward? And if it's an email that just doesn't get answered today, it just doesn't get answered today. I'm constantly reminding myself and asking myself, do you think there's somebody on the other side of the email waiting in the wings, like ready to die for this response? Okay, then let's, you know, let's keep it real. 
This is something that can wait until tomorrow. So my email blocks, and that's going super well for me. Um, Time to read, not just time to write, but time to read. And I'm still negotiating like what that looks and feels like, especially going into a holiday break. But I definitely need time to interact with new ideas and reflect on them. I'm toggling between if I want to do reading in the mornings or at night. I've been trying different formats around that. And then I have coaching windows. I facilitate strategic coaching sessions for creators across disciplines who are transitioning careers or wanting some support around legacy they're leaving behind. I have to carve out time for when I'm willing to do coaching sessions. I'm like, okay, Wednesdays and Fridays are for coaching sessions. The structured part is that those are the windows. That's it. It's either Wednesday or a Friday. What I was notorious for doing when I was operating as if my work gave my life meeting is I would, you know, I would, I would cheat. I would say, you know, I could do one on a Tuesday or I could do one on a Thursday. And before you know it, every day is available for coaching. But then that steals time from other areas that are really important and and life-giving for me. So there's blocks for creation and writing. There's blocks for email check. There's blocks for coaching. There's blocks for when I'll take calls and meetings. Also having to be really structured around that. No more meetings on Mondays. You know, my meeting days are still, you know, still in limbo, figuring out what days they work, but there are specific times and days when I'll take meetings. That's it. And that's all. So very loosely, that's how I'm re- reimagining my schedule. But the other piece that's been really crucial is I need time on my calendar that's blocked off for me to be doing absolutely nothing or for me to just be exploring or taking a walk or other things that fill my cup. Like there's a museum exhibit that I'm going to see on Wednesday at 2.30. I love that for me. I love that in the middle of the day, I'm going to go to the museum because I want to. Um, and it's so important for me to be mindful of the things that fill me that are not work related. And it's so important for me to remember that my days, Monday through Friday, do not have to be filled with work. You know, there's this illusion that we need to be working all week and then the weekends are ours. But no, (laughs) my week is mine, you know, and I'm putting air quotes around mine because I have my own thoughts and beliefs around whose time we're on. But the entire week is available to me to create the life that I want to live. And if my life is what gives the work meaning then what's happening around my work times is critical. So I've been really, really intentional and willing to make shifts around that. And that's the new schedule that I'm working on. It feels good to be in such a different frame of mind and to not be letting work run my life. Um, I feel so much more healthy all across the board. I realize that my conversations with people I love are changing. I'm a lot more transparent about what I want and what I need and what I desire because I have the mental clarity and the heart space to actually access it in a way that I couldn't before. You know, I've been really tapping into to ways to care for myself better. And, you know, on this December 20th, on the eve of the solstice, I really wanted to have this conversation to conclude the year and remind you all that your life is what gives your work meaning too. And I hope as you're wrapping up your final meetings and going on holiday and taking breaks that you remember coming into 2022, you can design the life that you want. And I've left a note in the written digest for y'all to leave comments on what that looks like for you and how you're feeling. So that's all I got for this week. Please meet me in the comments section and let's keep the conversation going. And you should know, uh, for the sake of my own sanity and care from Hollywood Love is now going to be a bi-weekly newsletter. So this is the final edition you'll get for this year, but I'll be back with y'all on Monday, January 3rd. And as usual, if you enjoy From Holly with Love, the micro podcast, the written digest, or any other of the elements of it, 
please forward it to a friend and invite them to join the community as well. I'm sending y'all nothing but love and all the light. Please be good to yourselves. Take care of yourselves. And I'll see you in 2022.